0: Hello, and welcome to Extra Credit, the podcast that connects you to what's happening in Hamilton County Schools and answers your most pressing questions. Our guest today is Dr. Brian Johnson, the superintendent of Hamilton County Schools. Dr. Johnson arrived in Hamilton County in 2017 and is continuing the district's mission of becoming the fastest improving school district in the state of Tennessee. Hey, Dr. Johnson, thank you so much for joining us today. We've got some interesting topics to discuss, and so let's just get right to it. Thank you for having me. So there's no question that the COVID nineteen pandemic took us all by surprise and forced school districts across the country to immediately solve for a host of challenges we've never encountered before. Just walk me through your reflections on the experience of, of public education in a pandemic.
1: Well, absolutely. What a year. Uh, You know, we think back to March of 2020, never would have expected or anticipated us being at the point uh, where we would have shifted to remote learning and had to be in remote learning for an extended period of time. Uh, In the midst of that, in our local community, we also uh, were hit by a tornado. And so uh, we had to uh, really navigate uh, these uncharted waters. Uh, collectively as a community. And and that's where I'd uh, really zero in on the collectively as a community component because it's really been about the entire community Uh, coming together uh, for one cause, and that's to support children. And uh, I'm so proud and humbled to uh, work in and for a school system and work in a community where uh, the really children are first and at the center of every decision that's made. And so everybody from school nutrition workers that uh, packaged over 3.1 million meals, which still uh, causes me to stagger uh, as I think about that.
0: I don't think I've ever eaten 3.1 million meals, so it's amazing what was put together.
1: Yeah, it's really amazing uh, in the midst of, again, a gold pandemic for them, uh, to, to show the courage and uh, the heroism to be willing to step forward and, and, uh, and to do that. And the way our teachers pivoted Uh, to remote learning, and, and, you know, uh, we've shared uh, several times that uh, we were one of the first, uh, the first in the state and one of the first across the country, uh, larger school districts to be able to open uh, schools successfully and operate for 84 days the first semester. Uh, It's just been remarkable. And then, you know, when I think about uh, the pivot to remote learning, you you can't miss uh, really the work of parents at home. Um, Parents and guardians, Mm -hmm. uh, family members uh, had to engage at a, a much deeper level in the learning that was taken place and uh, the way they responded was absolutely remarkable and uh, you know we we have so many great partners in our community uh, that uh, really saw the challenge at hand and stepped up and, and offered everything from you know, support through uh, virtual learning centers uh, in making sure that uh, students were that were in at-home environments that, that may need to, needed additional support had access to that, uh, and so again, just uh, just it, it was it was an amazing um, it's amazing to witness, amazing to see, uh, and really a testament to way our, to the way our community comes together.
0: And I know one program in particular, the HCS Ed Connect, has gotten some national looks and some recognition. Talk to us a little bit about what it took to pull that off and, and how that's still impacting students today. How it's not just, hey, this is a one and done, but we've got a long term idea with that program.
1: Yeah, well, one of one of the greatest resources our community has is uh, we are the gig city, and uh, EPB and uh, so many uh, throughout the community have uh, really made sure that that's been front and center uh, and forward thinking, and so. You know, uh, the, the the pandemic. What it did is it made some of the challenges that we knew were there uh, underlying more pronounced. It made it really, really clear. And one of the things that uh, became abundantly clear was that there is a digital divide across communities. Uh, whether it's uh, the urban community, the suburban community, the rural community, uh, we we have digital challenges. And, and 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 so again, we're we're very fortunate to be in a community where. Uh, we have a resource like EPB that is a, able to offer high-speed Internet, but then also have philanthropic partners uh, like Smart City Venture Fund and the Blue Cross uh, Foundation and then county government and city mm-hmm. government and obviously the vision of our school board uh, to, to really step forward and position us. And so for the next decade, every economically disadvantaged student in Hamilton County will have access to free Wi-Fi.
0: That's absolutely amazing. I know our, our team had a chance to talk with a parent just for them to reflect on that there are pockets of, of children who don't have access and how it took that stress off of them to know that that cost would not be there and that their child would have that, that opportunity to learn with their classmates in a way that was safe and that honored that priority from a parent's perspective. One, one last question about the pandemic is what do you see as the top priorities as we begin to emerge from the pandemic and as we see as we can start to say hey there is some light at the end of the tunnel here
1: Yeah, so for us, it's acceleration. Uh, You know, a a lot's been made about learning loss. We see it as an opportunity uh, versus a loss, and we want to accelerate and lean in. Uh, And so, uh, everything from literacy uh, to uh, the way in which we support students that uh, may have academic gaps, uh, there'll be a lot going on uh, this summer, which I know we'll talk about to, to really. Uh, move that work forward. And so we've got this moment in time to uh, leverage every resource and pull every lever that we have to accelerate, uh, you know, really opportunities for each and every one of our
0: children. And just you personally, Dr. Johnson, what have you missed the most during this pandemic year that you see coming back kind of online?
1: I think in generality, it's, it's a sense of normalcy. Uh, you know, I think one of the things that we've had to navigate this year that's unlike uh, any other year I've experienced in public education, frankly, probably anything that's ever been experienced in public education, is uh, the sincere fear, frankly, and concern of uh, so many of our teachers and leaders and staff members and community members uh, just because of the gravity uh, of the pandemic and, uh, you know, frankly, how much it disrupted and really has uh, forever uh, changed uh, the lives of so many as there have been loved ones lost, et cetera. So, uh, you know, it's, it's nice to see now that the vaccine is beginning to roll uh you know really abundantly and and people get access to that that uh that there's this uh, renewed sense of confidence around uh what we know and, and that sense of normalcy is uh beginning to return
0: and just the community to see children in buildings to see them excitedly getting out of the pickup line Absolutely. and their teachers greeting them it, it really is inspirational after what we've all been through so you talked about the acceleration of work. I know in your State of the System address in February, you, you kind of highlighted the word acceleration, and there were three focal areas for you in that that we're going to focus on in the days ahead. Tell us a little bit more about what those areas are and why you feel like they're important.
1: Yeah, well, we'll uh, we were actually four. So we, we talk a lot about literacy and, and, and um, intervention, and so what we know is that 89% of students that enter Uh, our schools off track, uh, remain off track by third grade. And we know third grade is a a key gateway in which we want our students to uh, be literate. And uh, literacy is different than just being able to read. Uh, When we look at literacy, it's the ability to articulate what you've read, to speak to what you've read, uh, to listen, to write. Uh, And so it's a little bit deeper than than just being able to read. So uh, we, we want to make sure that we accelerate that area. Again, we've been having a broad conversation about uh, facilities and capital. Uh, We've got Blueprint 2030, and our board uh, has uh, really uh, coalesced around some principles that are important for our system in order to move forward. And so uh, we've got a lot of work to do. We're 7.5 million square feet and have an average building age of 40 years old. And, uh, and so we know that uh, it's a daunting task ahead, and we're proud of what's been accomplished as phase 0 has been complete, and we'll begin to lean in even more deeply to uh, phase one of that plan. And then uh, you know, we've elevated the importance of educational equity. Uh, what we know is that 70% of the learners in Hamilton County are in a subgroup, whether that's economically disadvantaged, uh, a student with a disability, black Hispanic, Native American, uh, or an English learner. In fact, I'll put a finer point on our English learner population, English language Learners, they are about 15% of our population and so as our community has become more diverse it's incumbent upon us as a school system to be able to serve those diverse learners uh, in a in a better way and so uh, we are absolutely committed to that charge and uh, that is our uh, our focus uh, going forward and then lastly post secondary preparation uh, and so We've done a lot from the standpoint of Future Ready Institutes and, and really working with our post-secondary partners, Chattanooga State and UTC, to try to offer more robust uh, you know, post-secondary opportunities, dual enrollment, dual credit, and AP mm-hmm. uh, coursework, but we want to really move that uh, even uh, more, more down the line.
0: Well, in thinking, I, I think it's important for our listeners to know, too, just the scale Of the diversity in our community that 50% of our students are would be considered in a minority population and to think about most school districts either fit in urban profile suburban and rural, yet we have all three. So how do you see that impacting I mean that that's quite a unique school community to navigate
1: yeah it's, it's very unique and i think it's a it's a great privilege for us to be able to do that it's a great opportunity for, for us to uh, have uh, the widespread diversity that we have mm-hmm. in our community and the differences in community we we're 576 or so square miles as a county uh, and so the geography in and of itself, we have, you know, hills and valleys and mountains. Literal and mountains. Literally. <laughs> uh, and so all those things come into the fold as we look to serve every single child in every single community. And getting those, uh, those varying perspectives, uh, what I found in my tenure is that it allows you to hopefully make decisions uh, with uh, the best interest of everybody. And getting that input allows you to get to that point.
0: And I know just kind of a last question here about state of the system before we kind of go to our last topic is the story of Kobe Rivers. For our listeners who who may not have seen that video or unfamiliar, walk us through that story and, and the power that's there. Well, so Kobe is a uh, young man that we've had uh, the privilege of getting to
1: know a lot better, in particular here over the last several months. Uh, Kobe is a senior at Brainerd High School, will graduate this year, and uh, Kobe is uh, the first Brainerd student to get a pilot's license, the first we know uh, in our county to receive his pilot's license through a Future Ready Institute, uh, an aviation Future Ready Institute, and a community partnership. So, you know, again, uh, going back to even the pandemic question uh, we have a community that is uh, really committed to public education and willing to step forward. And so Crystal Air uh, stepped forward and scholarshiped uh, him, and uh, will scholarship another student next year. And uh, what a great opportunity for a young man to uh, be able to be literally. Uh, flying a plane uh, prior to graduation, I joked with Kobe and said, "You know, you've turned uh, the transportation into prom. Uh, into a, you, you've really <laughs> raised the standard uh, for for young men that are trying to take dates to, to prom because you can literally pick her up in a plane and uh, and uh, and deliver uh, her safely to the uh, to to the event. So uh, just a great story and a, and a really a true testament to where we want to go.
0: And we'll drop the link to that video in our show notes so our listeners can. Have a chance to check that out a little bit later. But I remember when we were talking with Kobe about that moment, how when he stated that when I first took off in the plane, I felt like I had met my goal and I felt like I was a pilot. And just to see the confidence and the excitement and just the light in his eyes that that gave him and thinking about you know he's thinking on the scale of serving in the united states air force being a commercial pilot and just the excitement that he has for his future and how he is future ready thanks to that opportunity absolutely uh, you know
1: again at, at 18 uh, i wasn't uh, <laughs> i good, was not flying I, I, a plane I, I wasn't a good vehicle driver much less <laughs> a, a pilot and so again it's a story of hope it's a story of uh, you know um what can happen uh, when uh, we band together and work towards a
0: common goal and a common cause? Love it. That's great. And kind of the the where I want to land the plane, if you will, for our discussion today is is thinking about the upcoming summer and the next school year. You know, hopefully we're we we've been in a cadence as as you talked about of students in-person learning five days a week and you know working our mitigation strategies while also prioritizing that in-person instruction. You know, many, many parents are uncertain. They have questions about, you know, what should I expect for the summer? What about next year? What thoughts would you offer to them at this point? I know we are, we're still working through some plans, but what kind of ideas might you offer yeah, to them? Absolutely. So we uh, started actually last summer uh, in a targeted
1: way of uh, really trying to pull in uh, students uh, that we knew uh, may have the most opportunity to capture back uh, some some learning and needing to do that, uh, and so uh, obviously uh, kudos to our, our governor and, and state legislature. They have passed a, a wave of legislation. Uh, much of which will uh, ultimately require what we piloted uh, last year, and uh, we look to expand that. And so uh, in the coming weeks, there will be uh, more information shared. We look forward to having more summer sites with more opportunities. Uh, Most likely, there will be a June uh, session and a July session, uh, you know, and, and parents will get to pick and kind of choose, uh, you know, as as they, as they their particular students are tapped based on need. And so uh, obviously need will drive, uh, you know, uh, participation. Mm-hmm. But uh, we know that, again, this is an opportunity for us to be able to accelerate uh, in twofold because of some of what was done uh, at the state level and some of what's been done at the federal level from a funding construct. And so we're able to offer uh, what we did in a really controlled
0: way a little more broadly this summer and candidly uh, in the summers to come. And for parents who are uncertain, like, man, Dr. Johnson, like, I just want a break. My kid wants a break. It feels like the school year has kind of been never ending. What what encouragement would you offer them? Like, you know, walk with us in this program. Take take an opportunity for your child to experience this summer opportunity.
1: Well, I think every opportunity is, uh, you know, I, I, I speak to that as a parent of a third grader in, in, in our district. Uh, you know, I, I'm always looking for valuable opportunities for mm-hmm. uh, my child to learn and to grow and to develop. And uh, and also I'm very sensitive to the reality, which, again, the legislature did a great job of, uh, of, of ensuring that, uh, you know, we – Uh, provide uh, some of those other opportunities that are outside of uh, just the core instruction, you know, the the math and the English and the science uh, that we really uh, are, we're we're trying to think about offering hands-on opportunities Uh, and really making sure that the learning is fun you know uh, we we want it to be an enrichment opportunity as much as we can and so there'll be more information if if your student uh, you know qualifies for it uh, there will be direct communication uh, from the district and from your school uh, to
0: encourage uh, you know you to have your child be a par and then to kind of close out our conversation thinking about next school year where are you at? Where's your leadership team at in terms of planning and thinking about opportunities for next school year and, and how we might, you know, how the community should kind of prepare itself for what we may be doing, knowing that COVID will be here for a bit? Sure, sure. So so absolutely, you know,
1: COVID, uh, you know, COVID won't go away overnight, uh, but we do and, and are encouraged by Uh, what we see happening in regards to COVID numbers throughout our community, et cetera. And so, uh, you know, as we look into next school year, uh, you know, we again are encouraged by, you know, uh, the the hope and the reality that more normalcy will exist. And so we hope for as normal, quote-unquote, school year as possible. Uh, Things like the face tracker and, 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 you know, et cetera, uh, will be uh, hopefully a a thing of the past. And uh, we're excited about that. And so, you know, again, I work for a phenomenal school board they adopted uh made sure we didn't just adopt but also purchased uh, great literacy uh, material we are doing the same thing as we look at math beginning to have that conversation and we want to make sure that the best resources are in the hands of our teachers uh, so that it gets to the students uh, and and we look forward to accelerating uh, in and on that and and again many of our schools are already engaged in, in, in really deep after-school programs and have stood those up and we look forward to continuing as much of that as uh, we can you know fund within our budget uh, and, uh, and and again just making sure that we accelerate the work that's taking place uh, and and ensure that we position students to be
0: successful. Love it. Well, Dr. Johnson, thanks for taking time to chat with us today. And thank you for joining us for today's episode of Extra Credit. Be sure to join us next time as we discuss summer learning opportunities for the students of Hamilton County. And don't forget to send any questions you have about Hamilton County Schools to communications at hcde.org. Have a great day, and remember, we are Hamilton.